Blog Talk Radio. I hope you learn to make it on your own And if you let yourself just know you'll never be alone I hope that you get everything you want and that you chose I hope that it's the realest thing that you ever know Hope you get the pretty girls that's pretty at everything Million dollar cribs having million dollar dreams And when you get it all just remember one thing Remember one thing That one man could change the world one man could change the world All I, all I wanted was a hundred million dollars and a bad chick Imagine this a month, some nights it felt like that I had it Back on the mattress, staring at the ceiling, trying to connect the dots But it's all making those attachments I'm talking dreaming so hard, some nights it felt like draft day You know, my my stepbrother used to flip them bags outside the crib like it was trash day. No Kim K, buddy, bag day. Yeah. But when you get it fast, money slow down, don't crash. With all the drive in the world, where you still need gas. Look, think about it. Close your eyes, dream about it. Tell your team about it. Go make million dollar schemes about it. Success is on the way, I feel it in the distance. Used to look up at the stars and be like, ain't too much that's different. I be shining, they be shining. Get you one shot, don't you miss it. What you know about waking up every day like you on a mission and I hope you learn to make it on your own And if you love yourself just know you'll never be alone I hope that you get everything you want and that's what you're I hope and that's the realest thing that you ever know Hope you get the pretty girls as pretty as everything Million dollar cribs have a million dollar dreams And when you get it all just remember one thing Remember one thing One man could change the world One man my grandma told me if you write your name in stone, you'll never get the white out. I grinded out that black hole and performed up at the White House, standing next to Jim Carrey. We traded stories and laughed. I said, You're not the only one I know got rich wearing masks. Where I'm from, I swear they broke. They need way more than the cash. We need more than what you have, and then we need more than that. But how I'm supposed to say I'm tired? If that girl from West Virginia came up in conditions that I could survive. Went to war, came back alive. On top of that, became a female black captain. When being black, you had the extra, extra try. Way before James Brown made us proud. She bought a crib on the same street as Marvin Gaye right there on how to drive. And she taught me how to drive. And she raised the kids, then the kids' kids. And she did it right. Taught me how to love. Taught me not to cry When I die, I hope you teach me how to fly All my life you've been that angel in disguise And I hope you learn to make it on your own If you love yourself, just know you'll never be alone I hope that you get everything you want and that you chose I hope that it's the realest thing that you ever know Hope you get the pretty girls as pretty at everything Million dollar cribs have a million dollar dreams When you get it all, just remember one thing Remember one thing That one man can change the world One man can change the Honestly and without worry or hesitation about being politically correct. It's your forum to discuss what matters to you and to me. Individual expressions are boring and they can create nothing but a monologue. Who wants to know all about just me? I want to know about you. So if you want to tell it like it is, the empire is where it's going to go down. Check Facebook or my website for show times and days as those days and times may change. For more information, contact me at EmpressCooperDavidson at gmail.com or by my website at www.TheEmpress.com. For when the empire speaks, the empress listens. Here we go.
Hey guys, it's the Empire on a Saturday. Can you believe it? It is December the 5th, 2015, and your girl is up. She's not asleep. She's actually a little bit rested today, and this is very, very different for the Empire because we don't broadcast on Saturday, but I have put this show off so many times I felt kind of bad. It was a request show that fell over into a holiday period that fell onto the night of the whiz that fell into me just being tired. And I said, you know what? This is something that needs to be talked about because we got a slew of shows of just casual talk coming up on next week. Speaking of next week, you do not want to miss Next week, next week's shows will be, of course, your favorite topic. We're going to talk about sex on next week from a female perspective. We have given the guys the entire year, I mean the whole year. We've talked about it. We've blogged about it. We've we've done threads about it, and we've argued about it. And now it's our turn to just say what we need and what we like. You know, women get up and lay them out. That's what the name of the show is. We're going to talk with my queen, Ashley from Facebook, and if you don't know her, you might need to add her because I've learned so much from this young spirit. In such a short amount of time, she was introduced to me by one of our kings, King uh, Master, I'm sorry, King Sean Bayon, um, and he introduced me to a lot of beautiful women, um, and these women have some interesting things to teach. And, I, you know, some things you don't think you need to know, you need to learn, but uh Sex is just not just bi- biology. Sometimes you need a little bit of help, and if you don't have help, you have to go and get some from somewhere or else you will be without. I mean, that's what we're going to talk about on next week, all next week, starting on um, December the 8th, which was Thursday. On Monday, we're going to talk about what we actually like, you know, because the world is inundated with what men want, what men like, what men need, and it's posed towards us women. But we're going to talk about it in our position, and we're going to learn a little bit about ourselves at the turn of this year so that we can be better women in 2016. And then on December the 10th, we're going to speak with my friend, Ciccone Prince. He has written a book called Are You Climbing the Wrong Mountain? He finished the book. He wants to talk about it. I want to talk about it, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about it because I'm telling you, some things are about change will just happen. <clears throat> Excuse me, and some things about change you actually have to make happen. Some people just think that it's just going to morph into their lives. You don't have to actually physically do anything. That's not true. Some things you're going to have to work really hard to make happen in your life, and if you don't, it's evident in your life not being changed. Uh, And change is what we're going to talk about on today. You know, today's show originally was born out of uh, several homicides here in the Birmingham City area that were just gasping for our communities here. There are a string of robberies and murders, I mean multiple home invasion murders that have gone unsolved, and a lot of people just didn't really grasp the gravity of the loss. And I think that it's the truth of any area where crime and uh, death, uh, particularly homicide types of, uh, of life loss, occur, people get sideswiped about what the real truth is, and um, they say, oh, we're just going to pray about it. We're just going to move in a way that's better. We're going to open up our hearts, and we're going to put them on a prayer list, and we're going to call this 1-800 number, and things are going to be different. The truth of the matter is, is that change all the time does not necessarily have to move in a way that is spiritual. A lot of things have to literally happen in the world for things to actually change. I mean, and I'm not one to damn or down people who are religious or people who have a full understanding of their spiritual spirituality because I was weird in that way and I absolutely still believe on those terms. But the truth of the matter is is that even the Bible that I read says works uh faith without works is dead, faith being spiritual beliefs faith being prayer, being asked of the universe and of your greater maker. Uh, If you just pray about it, nothing's really going to happen until you get up and you do something. Now, that's just the truth. I didn't make that up. That's just the way it goes. And if you don't believe me, pick up a book. You don't have to actually have the Bible. You don't have to read the Bible that I have. But every belief system in this universe speaks to this same truth. Now, a lot of things have happened in the last several weeks. Uh, I don't think that I have live broadcast since before Thanksgiving time, and that time was really, really special to me. I was able to spend some time with my sisters, 
Um, I did uh, have a little bit of a difficult time on one of my days because it was just so different. When you're used to having things in a certain way, again, change, it's difficult to see having that same enjoyment or finding that same type of experience when there's so much obvious of a change. But I did enjoy myself. I still have a lot of reasons to continue to go through life without being with my lip turned up. But, you know, for me, my life is one life. Uh, Your life is a different life. All of our lives collectively can actually make things change. And that's been the proof of everything that's happened in the last several weeks of, of, of news. Now, again, this show to, today about change was about just basically there have been just a rash of murders in the Birmingham City area. And a lot of people were all up in arms about different things, uh, the reasons why, what should happen to these uh, individuals. Uh, and when I became aware of how serious how serious of a crime spree had gone on, it was kind of heart uh, disheartening. We're talking about teenagers. We're talking about 15, 16, and 17-year-olds who are now going to spend the majority of the rest of their lives, if not die, in jail from some of the things and choices that they've made uh, to take the lives of other people. Now, for some reason, a lot of people seem to think that it has a lot to do with people's race. It has a lot to do with people's religious preference. It has a lot to do with their economic status or what they've been exposed to or not. The truth of the matter is that there is nothing, there is nothing that has proven that that stati- now statistically it can show you the predicted incidents, but it is not a predetermination that has to be the truth when it comes to life, death, crime, um, and um, particularly homicide. Now, this week, of course, on December the 2nd, everybody's aware of the death that occurred in San Bernardino, California. It was really um, hard to not uh, hear the information. If you turn on your TV, if you turn on any type of uh, device, it was everywhere. There was nowhere that you could go where you didn't hear or, or see something about San Bernardino. And the reason being is because there was grave killing. And I, I, I braced myself because I was in a point where I thought that there was going to be this onslaught of people who did the same thing that they did when Paris was uh, invaded with hate and exposed of hate uh, back in November. And it's, 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 everything is happening so quickly that we can't even make sense of what's happening where. Now, of course, in San Bernardino, um, they're still struggling to get together, get together and understand what has actually happened uh, on December the 2nd after a, uh, a, a business meeting and a party for the holidays one of its employees decided after some supposed altercation to go home, uh, gather his uh, arsenal of guns, and um, go back into the workplace. And, of course, it says that uh, Syed Rizwan Farouk, uh, the same person who has been exposed through uh, a different lens, came into the workplace, uh, shot up, uh, up to upwards, of 50 people, uh, injuring 21 and killing 14. And uh, the people of that area say the same thing. I'm not, uh, I'm not shocked. There were no signs from this fellow worker he would do anything like this. Nobody from the office ever even noticed this person's behavior or demeanor could lead to a violent act is what was said. And it changed straight from that point of him being just a normal, regular person into this Muslim who now is supposedly a representative of hate, regardless of individuality. And, and, and we know that there are no signs of anything in particular that people are individual, but there are many questions behind what his motives were. I'm not sure that they even matter anymore. Um, even all the way up to the potential White House, there are talks, there are politicians, particularly Donald Trump has gathered him 
himself and his hate homongers to say this, that if once you look and see who we're dealing with, you'll know why this has happened, that this is what you should expect from people who are not from the United States of America. The presidential candidate Donald Trump said that he had gathered together all of the information just like everybody else, and he said that the shootings appeared to be connected to terrorism, and he suggested that the people look closely at who we're talking about. And in quotes, he said, take a look. I mean, look at the names of the people involved. You look at what has happened, and you tell me if this is not what they do. This is terrorism. This is what he thought was appropriate to say. And I'm not really sure whether or not he has taken a history class. I don't know his educational background. I know he came from money, and he feels superior to people who are different than he. But the truth of the matter is, for, you know, it's sad to say, but this uh, travesty on December the 2nd, losing 14 people, entering 21, is not the first incident of homeland uh, issues. Domestic t- terrorism is what it's called. Uh, our worst documented terroristic attack was from a boy that was born in New York. His home state, Donald Trump's home state, Timothy McVeigh in the U.S., He was a Christian, born in a Christian family. He killed 168 people, injured over 600 in April of 1995. And still prior to 9-11, he was considered the most significant domestic terrorist of all times. And we're talking about not some redneck uh, white boy from down the street. This was a person who was a vet of the Persian War. He served in our United States Army. He was a securities guard with some of our uh, infantry uh, there in the New York area. He lived in Oklahoma City but was born and raised and and spent the majority of his youth in um, Lockport, New York. Now, a lot of people don't want to associate that type of hate and that type of hurt and that type of fear to a white boy, but they feel very comfortable for some reason associating it with people from Muslim countries, people from outside of the country of the United States, and it's okay. It's shocking to me the amount of people who feel like that the reality is if you're not born and raised in this country that you're not inundated with hate, fear, and the ability to bear arms and take the lives of other people, but that is absolutely the truth. The truth of the matter is, is that our political affiliations have the, the propensity to change people's ideas of people they don't know. The truth is, is when um, I can vaguely remember when Barack Obama started to run for office and a lot of a lot of his theme, a lot of his mantra was change, that we can change the world, things can change. But I think what has happened is that the world is changing. It's always been changing. It's just being more and more exposed. And a lot of people just don't get it. You know, some people just think that uh, uh, we have to just let things be. This is how they're made. And that's all but what Donald Trump had to say about the shooting spree that happened there in uh, San Bernardino, California. Now, for me, change is, is, is different. It, it means different things for different people, and I don't know that anybody can really actually tell us how we can change. I pose the question on all of my social feeds, and nobody can really tell you how to change. A lot of people want to say some things that are very, very uh, benign. Love will change. God will change. Uh, and, and I'm not dummying down love or God because if anybody knows who I am and know me particularly, you know that I do believe in those things. I do believe that there is power in those things, but I also believe that there has to be an understanding and there has to be a meeting of that same mindset with another group of people or another ideal or another movement for it to work. Just because I believe in it doesn't mean that everybody's going to believe in it. And I think that is uh, specifically true with regard to uh, the issues that we're having in our world. And so uh, when I first uh, wanted to do the show, I looked up different words. I looked up words that I wanted to know what things literally meant, because when we get all involved in political issues, religious issues, we move and mute the point of what change means. And change is 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 not the same as resolution. You know, a lot of people at the end of this year and at this point of the year start to make uh, um, 
start to make uh, annunciations and pronounce that they're going to do something different. I'm going to move in the world in a way that is different than I did the last year. Everything that has happened to me last year will not happen to me next year because I'm going to make some changes. So I was like, you know, what what exactly is the definition of the word change? And it's it has a lot of synonyms. It's it's related to a lot of other words, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. So a synonym just means it sounds like and it's similar too, but it's not the same. The word change actually is defined as something made different. Okay, it's an alteration. And, you know, when you say alteration, you think maybe of clothes, you're going to make something different or you're going to move it from its original state to something different. So that that's what change means. The synonyms for it are difference, diversity, conversion, revolution, reversal, modification, variation, transition, switch, shift, break, addition, contraction. But it actually means that you cannot be in the same way that you were prior to if a change has occurred. Now, when you say resolution, the truth of resolution is very different, similar to but not the same. The difference between change and resolution is that in resolution, there is a firm decision. And, and let me let me say that again because I, I want to be really clear about this particular definition because I think that when people say they have a New Year's resolution, that they're really speaking almost in an oxymoron because a resolution is a firm decision to do or not to do something. It's keeping a resolve or a decision or an intent, aim, plan, a commitment, pledge, or promise to a former state of being, a formal expression of opinion or intention agreed on by a legislative body. Of course, that's when you're talking about uh, legislative resolutions. The quality of being determined to resolve, uh, determination or purpose in purposefulness, action of solving a problem, dispute or contentious matter. Now, when I thought about everything that's going on in the world with regard to violence, with regard to hate, with regards to separation, my immediate response to what happened in San Bernardino was I did not expect anything different than I received and watched and experienced when it came to how our world and how our social climate responded to Paris. When Paris was shot down, and of course, I'm sure you know the story, when when Paris was shot down, a lot of people just did not uh, have anything positive to say. They didn't have anything um, warranting change. It was just a gas of, I cannot believe this is happening. Um, When you go before Paris, you think about Sandy Hook, You think about the church in South Carolina. And then I was able to go back all the way to, you know, of course, 9-11. And even before that, it made me want to do some more research. So I went online and I looked to see when exactly did we get so passive with regard to the changing climate of our world. And you would not believe, if you go to Wikipedia, and you can do this yourself, if you go to Wikipedia and look at what has happened in the United States, with regards to shootings, and you can even define your shootings to workplace shootings versus school shootings versus uh, shopping center shootings or lover's call shootings. The truth of the matter is we are a violent, gun-toning country who wants what we want, and if we don't get it, we kill. That is just the truth of who we are. Now, I want to come back. In on just a little break, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about some other types of changes that were just kind of scary to me. Now, I, I, I knew these facts to be true because I studied these type of statistics because I think I got a little thing about crime and punishment and law. I should have gone into law or politics or something because it's understandably moving or to have some type of move when, when, when something like this happens, but when nothing changes, then you have to say, okay, we're repeating the same thing, so what's wrong? There's something that's got to be 
done to not make this happen. And that has been the four, that's been the that's been every headline since December the second, since the San Bernardino uh, <clears throat> shooting. Everybody wants to know what we can do to prevent this from happening, and there has been no answer. We've talked from everything from gun control, border control, uh, increasing FBI workups on people, looking at the background checks of people who are non-American born, um, using people's criminal histories against them just for a preventative, which is basically just uh, legalized discrimination to uh, uh, discriminate against somebody's capability and option. And, and the truth of the matter is that some of these things, if they put these things into legislation and put these things into policy, 90% of black people, brown people, and people of non-American uh, birthrights will be affected by these things because those are the people who are right now at a disadvantage of being incarcerated, being litigated against, or having some type of felonious history. That's just the truth. I'm not making it up. I'm not trying to make an excuse for my people, even though I love them. I'm just saying that when we say change, we also have to say choice and option, and nobody has been able to give us the option. And the options that people are offering are good and they're they they're helpful, but I'm not sure that they're going to literally work because we're just so different. I'm going to take a quick commercial break, maybe play a quick song, and then we're going to talk about some other types of changes that I thought were just benign as well. I thought was just an artistic type of change, and it turned into a conundrum of craziness. I was like, "Are you serious?" I, I I didn't I didn't know that it would turn into quite a conundrum, but it did. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the Wiz. Are you serious? I was born. Damn, who knew? All the planes we flew, good things we've been through. That I'll be standing right here talking to you about another path. I know we love to hit the road and laugh, but something told me that it wouldn't last. Had to switch up, look at things different, see the bigger picture. Those were the days, hard work forever paid. Now I see you in a better place. Ah. Uh. How can we not talk about family when family's all that we got? Everything I would do, you were standing there by my side. And now you gon' be with me for the last ride. Been a long day without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. We've come a long way from where we began. Oh, I'll tell you all about it. Watch your way and the vibe is feeling stronger with small turn to a friendship A friendship turn to a bond and that bond will never be broken The love will never get lost And when brotherhood comes first and the line will never be crossed Established it on our own when that line had to be drawn And that line is what we reach so remember me when I'm gone can we not talk about family when family's all that we got? Everything I would do, you were standing there by my side. And now you're gonna be with me for the last one. Let the light guide your way. Yeah. Hold every memory as you go. And every road you take. you my friend and I'll tell you all about it when I see you again we've come a long way from where we began oh I'll tell you all about it when I see you again when I
listen, have you been right at the point of ready? Perfect shoes, perfect dress, perfect hair, perfect makeup, and you look a fool. Well, we're going to stop all that right now. Kevin Foster is the person for you. Aside from him being able to travel to you, being known for his white tape series, he offers a unique experience that's very, very inexpensive. It'll be worth the money that you spend. Prices start at $125. If you would like an appointment with Kevin, call 770-407-9025 to set an appointment. Tell him that the Empress sent you. It's Instagram, Facebook, or on KFOS Photography. Tell him the Empress You look bad, you feel bad, and your bedroom gymnastics just are plain done. You ain't on fleek. The best way to tap into your inner sexy is to find it with Nia Jackson. Yes, Nia is the owner and operator of PYT Studios. And listen. Let's say you want to learn how to twerk. What about pole dancing? What about booty pop? What about just learning a sexy dance for his next birthday? Yes, she is here in Hoover. She will help you learn your pace, carve out that tone, sexy body that you have, while all at the same time teaching you how to be a beast in the bedroom. Contact Nia at PYTstudios.com or call her at 205-444-0066. Tell her the Empress sent you. talking about change we're talking about things that have changed and things that have morphed and we just went over the difference between a resolution which is actually a a little bit more defined than just a change because one is a determined change or an active change versus uh something that is just stated um and I think a lot of people get those two things mixed up. And I was just uh, checking on my Facebook, and I had asked, you know, different questions to people as to do they know why our world is changing? Is there anything that we can do to change our world? Some people said absolutely not, no. He said, hell, if the ones that's supposed to leave can't do it, how can we without violence? Um, one other person said that it's just a good question. Don't know how to fix it. Sorry. Um, one other person said it can't be stopped, but it can't stop hurt. But it can hit. Uh, uh, it can't stop the hurt, but it can heal it over time. Uh, and then one of my girlfriends said that she was. She said I was just having this conversation with my mom on how hurt and hatred consume people for years and years. There has to be a breaking point. This type of stuff is not good for nobody. This world is filled with so much hate that there will always be enough hate to go around. There will never be enough love. I pray it will one day. And she, uh, she's a girlfriend of mine. She's actually family for, to me. And I, I totally understand what, she, what people mean when they speak on these things. And I understand that there's a lot more than what uh, we can do. Um, and I'm, I'm welcoming you all to not just blog with me on Facebook to call in the number six four six four seven eight five six two five, and I'm willing to, uh, you know, I don't, I don't ever come on here and try to preach to anybody because I think that the thing is, is that a lot of people have great ideas. It's just muffled by either fear or it's muffled by hate. Uh, it seems to me that people who hate are a lot more active than people who love. Love just is the opposite of what hate is, so it should have just as much staying power and just as much potency as uh, as hate does, but it doesn't. I mean, hateful people are willing to do some things that will change not only their lives but other people's lives as well, whereas love is not as expressed as it is. And a lot of people, you know, get on to me about, you know, being um, one who speaks about religion and Christianity and God-fearing and and the universe and things like that. But the truth is is that I think that we're all spiritual beings uh, enveloped in this fleshly part. It doesn't – I can't tell you what's going to happen because I haven't died before, and I can't tell you that there is an absolute – 
uh, place where you're going to see me and recognize me. I can't tell you those things because I haven't been there, that place, but I can't absolve from believing that there is the possibility of that because of some of the things that I've seen and because of some of the things that have changed in my life and people's lives. I mean, it's just, it, it's an unexplainable, unexplainable, unexcusable evidence that's there. It just is, and I cannot remove from that no matter how I want to or how I want to excuse myself from any type of uh, discipline or any type of uh, rulage of self. You have got to have an account to something. But in reality, you know, hate is the truth. And uh, and I posted this also this week. There are over 355 hate crimes that have been just registered in just this year alone that have to do with uh, shooting deaths. And that's just shooting deaths. If we say drowning deaths or uh, any other method of taking someone's life out of hate, fear, or unexplained violence, the numbers I'm sure would skyrocket. But in reality, 355 hate crimes have happened by gun violence and taken lives. Now, that's not the number of lives that we've lost. That's just the number of documented incidents, and those incidents have been reported how they have to their local governments and agencies, and that's how it's reported uh, statistically to the CDC. Now, we live in bubbles every day, and we live inside of what experience is ours, and so that is our truth, but it is not all the time the truth. So we have to be really careful when we try to tell people something is how it is just because it's been our experience. And I'm going to tell you, I was really taken aback. I was really kind of shocked at this next little point I wanted to make on change because it's, it's, I thought it was really simple. I, just like everybody in America and across the waters, anybody that's got cable TV that can tune in and see that The Wiz is being recreated this year as a montage to an old stage play and film. And, I, you know, I was excited because the names and the cast members are some of the people who I have celebrated as artists. They happen to be African-American, um, and it is obviously a purposeful uh, African-American-themed montage to the historical 1938 movie, The Wiz of Oz. Okay. Now, a lot of people did not understand that there are two different ways of this particular, actually three, yeah, well, two. There was actually a 1938 airing of a film, the most uh, expensive MGM product in history back in 19. 19- 39, a movie that was directed by Norman Turow, uh, where Judy Garland, everybody knows Judy Garland is Dorothy. She had on them red shoes, this little white lady with a nice little curly ponytail that looked like a pack of hair that was made in 1939. Um, it became outrageously uh, popular, and because of the 1939 movie, 1956, CBS decided to reintroduce it, and they did. In 1956, CBS reintroduced the film, not actually the stage play, but the film. The film, The Wizard of Oz, was reintroduced, and it just got more acclaim. At that same time, or a lot of years later, actually in 1975, William F. Brown wrote a book that was in conjunction with or in relation to that was similar to The Wizard of Oz and just wrote a book entitled The Wiz. Now, it created in 1975 a Broadway play. The book didn't really make as much splash as the 1975 play and musical. Now, it became a musical. The Wiz became a musical. Now, this is not even the same 1977 Motown-adopted version of The Wiz with Michael Jackson and Richard Pryor, Thelma Carpenter, Lena Horne, and Diana Ross. Not even that. Quincy Jones did the musical score in 1975 and did a Broadway musical then, which became uh, a play that was 
televised into a short story. That is the most memorable one that most people identify with. And unbelievably, whole idea was just a metamorphosis. It was a change. It was a reinvention. It was a recreation. It had some of the aspects of the original, but it ended up being a new production with regard to The Wizard of Oz. Now, when people see a redo of something as iconic as The Wizard of Oz, I think it is natural to do a comparison. Hell, when I was watching the other night, I wanted to know where Toto was because I vividly remember Toto being a part of extremely the most of every scene when I remember Judy Garland's, um, you know, interpretation of the Wiz, okay, Uh, the Wizard of Oz, because it is different. When you say the Wiz and you say the Wizard of Oz, those are two different interpretives of the same type of story. It's the same as The Color Purple. There's the book, The Color Purple, uh, whose author I cannot bring up. I'm just looking at the book in my head, but I cannot bring up the author. When I read the book and then I saw the movie and then I saw the play, those were three different interpretives of the same basic story. And so you would have to adopt that change and that relativity to whoever made it whoever wrote it, whoever scored for it. So it would be absolutely different. Now, David Allen Greer, who played the tiger on the rendition that was on this past Thursday, I happened to watch it with my son, and it was really exciting. We both watched it, and it was really good together. He had never, ever heard of The Wizard of Oz. He had never, ever heard of The Wiz. He had heard of Ease On Down the Road, okay, which is not even a play, but it is obviously the most recent example of or interpretive of The Wizard of Oz. So when we watched it, I, of course, had the ability to draw back way further than he could with regard to the likenesses and the the differences, the interpretive. And, of course, back in 1977, there was a vast difference because we're talking about a time of racial separation, uh, economic and social economic obvious disparity between blacks and whites. And so today in 2015, I would believe and I, I, would, I would hope to believe that the, the, term, the, the directors and producers of this particular show wanted to use the avenues that were interpretive as well, but also which offered something that the originals could not, which were black African-American performers and singers for this particular play. Now, I don't understand what was wrong with that. I don't understand who could be upset about that, but believe it or not, there were thousands and thousands of people who decided to categorize this artistry as a type of uh, discrimination. It was supposedly the way um, most, I would think, black people feel about or could feel about the original casting of The Wizard of Oz. Of course, The Wizard of Oz being made in 1939, there were no roles. There were no ops. There was no participation with regard to um, black people participating in that that, um, production. But suddenly, on Twitter, I get an onslaught of people. Evan at MJTM said, I just heard there is a black version of The Wizard of Oz called The Wiz. How is this not racist? And Paratrum Bex at Archivist Bex says, white folks get like 90% of all the musicals and leading roles. The Wiz happens, and suddenly they're like, why is Broadway racist against us? It was amazing to see the number of people who had so many things to say in a negative way. The, the truth is so poignant, and it cannot be improved. Evident, if you go back to the original casting, 
there were zero artists, zero producers, zero directors, zero influences with regard to the Wiz, the Wizard of Oz. The point of creating the Wiz was to urbanize that particular place after a book had been written by an African-American author. They decided to change the themes, which is an obvious difference between what the original cast would have interpreted versus an all-black urban cast with purpose. Now, why is it a problem now? And I think that the easiest way to explain is in a, a very few short words uh, or descriptives because I have always believed that there is power in a lot of things. You know, people say there's power in numbers, there's power in prayer, there's power in just strong association and energies meeting up together. But the most potent power is fear. To me, fear is the most powerful way to change anything. I think that is the reason why we're being inundated with different things, and that is what is being felt I think by people who can post such ignorance as the Wiz is now racist because there were no white participation on this particular broadcast. There actually has been a petition for the white music industry directors and producers to now create a white Wiz when the truth of the matter is is that the Wizard of Oz was all white to start with. People, we're going to have to get over skin color. And I was on Ricky's Mind on just this past Monday, and I was talking with one of the sisters who I very much admire, very much esteem with regard to her expertise in counseling with, in, in, in the realm of relationship and love. And she was speaking about something that I just totally disagreed with, but it did not make it not the truth. For her, it does not make it even the truth for me. It is just a decision that I have the ability to be different and to have a change of heart, mind, and soul than someone else. And that is the reason why you can have someone go to a party, have a, a invitation to a Christmas party at your employer, get upset, and then you go home and then suddenly you can't deal with someone else being different than you. And that is why people are are going to always be able to change how they react to things. Now, you have to be respectful and responsible enough to understand when your position has been heard but not accepted. And that's the thing. People want to use fear as a way to make you believe them, make you change your mind, make you do or be something different than you ordinarily are. And the truth is, is you can't do that. You, can't, you cannot force people to change. Change is a choice in the realms of race, religion, and affiliation. You cannot make anybody change. What you can do is you can change their freedom and you can remove them from their ritual of belief or ritual of exposure or ritual of action, but you cannot change that person in their inner self, which is the most potent part of who they are. Fear like I said, fear, and, and I cannot find my paper that I wrote. I, I wrote a, a little bit before this show started because I think that when when you can when you can clearly explain yourself to another person, letting them know where you're coming from, not not what, not what you have to say, but where you're coming from, you can get a better understanding, and you can actually tolerate some things that are just not even acceptable into your life. See, we live in a world that's extremely diverse, and everybody wants the same things in basis. Everybody wants a nice place to live. Everybody wants a, a, a nice income. Every, 
everybody wants to be provided for. If you have children, you want the best education for them. If you have a husband or wife, you want them to be pleased and to represent you well. Everybody wants those things. But the truth, the, the, the real truth is everybody's not going to have those things. The world is just not made up that way because if that were so, we wouldn't have competitive pricing. We wouldn't have competition in education. We wouldn't have to upgrade from one thing to another. The best would be given out universally if it were a world that was glass menagerie like that. But the world is not. The world is competition. The world is about who can do it better if you live in the world. And that's where the spiritual and the God part comes in when you know self enough where you can be in this world but not of it. See, I have had a change of heart over the last several years about a lot of different things, about a lot of different things because my world evolved, my world changed. There were some resolutions and changes in my world that required that I think in a different way because if you cannot evolve and you cannot change in some ways, you will become a victim. You will become um, a casualty. You will come into this realm of, of evil and hurt and even sometimes violence. Now, nobody in San Bernardino deserved that. There is nothing that they could have done, said, or been to keep that from happening because the same change that allows you to have a choice, for some people, they refuse it and their change is actuated. And this is the point that I need the religious communities and the people who want to scream and holler prayer to understand. When people who hate are willing to do things that are bigger than themselves and move stuff, I mean, actually do things, it makes your love quotes and it makes your prayer quotes invalid. See, I, I, I believe in God. I believe in the power of prayer, but behind that, I have to do some things. That is why I have decided to uh, partner up with several other people to actually move some stuff. Like I have a, 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 a friend who is in, I think he's in South Carolina. I have a friend in Louisiana and I have a friend in Atlanta. And just a simple suggestion um, I shared, and that is action, but I'm going to do it myself. So there will be an evidentiary change, if that's the word. There will be a real change. After Christmas and Thanksgiving, we have excessive amount, excessive amount of food. Everybody does. Everybody has tinfoil. Like they, there's so much aluminum foil that is purchased during these two seasons that you really should get stocked right before these seasons happen. But one of the suggestions was is that at Thanksgiving dinner, after you get your meal, and if you take a takeaway away, take two instead of one, and purposely go and find someone on the street and give them something good to eat. Now, that seems simple, but can you imagine the number of people who had leftovers just not throwing that food away and actually giving it away? Do you know that that actually would have changed the lives of one person multiplied by millions even if just for one day, okay, graduate and change that up to every Monday. Because a lot of people have leftovers over the weekend after church and things like that um, and have decided to, you know, just clean up. Because I do it. You clean out the refrigerator, you throw everything out, and then you go get everything fresh, and then you pass by people who are living under a bridge on the street, and they never have had anything to eat that day or maybe even days before that. Can you imagine just packing that up? And we, I mean, I have I have Tupperware that I don't even use because I'm going to do it today when I get ready to go out. I'm going to pack up all of the food stuff that is good to eat, that is something that I'm not going to eat anymore, but it is quality food and it's something that at least is of substance. Or you can even just go to some of these. I mean, you can get hamburgers and things like this for a little bit of nothing right now. Go and buy a bag, because I've done this before. I went and bought a bag. Oh, my God. I went and bought a bag of biscuits, just breakfast biscuits. I bought, I think, 40 of them. It took me a little while, but they were a dollar. I bought $40 worth of biscuits, and I just drove around. I ended up having about 20 biscuits left, but I ended up giving out just 
food to people. And it did something, and it changed me. And that type of giving, I think that is some of the simplest ways that we can change our community. Actually, I'm feeling moved today to possibly do the same thing because I got a little bonus this week. I want to do something, and I think we all have to do things that are just really, really small, but collectively it's huge. I can remember my mom always telling me not to throw away, and I never threw away, but she said, you just be tossing your change just everywhere like it's not money. It is. She said, do you know that 100 pennies is a dollar? And a hundred hundred dollars is a thousand, and a hundred hundred thousand, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you are. It's money. So the smallest amount collectively becomes huge. So the little bit you can do, do, but it has to be a doing. It cannot be just Lord, we need you today. It cannot just be that because even the God that I serve and the universe that listens to all of us requires that you move and requires that you do something. There is not going to be any change. And the thing about our world today is that it hasn't really changed that much different than than it has been 20, 30, 40, hundreds of years ago. When I went on to Wikipedia, the furthest back it went back was to 1810 with regard to documented shooting of violence. 1810. Now, it is 2015, so we're made in a violent way. So there's no reason for us to think that us asking, God, please help us, and that's that's all we got to do, and it's going to change. It's not. We have always been violent. We have always had killings. It's in the research, and you can go and look for it yourself. You don't have to believe me, but when we live in bubbles and don't expand ourselves outside of ourselves, we are not changing anything. We're changing the environment we live in, but it's not effectual, and it doesn't become a standard for those outside of ourselves. I cannot be happy and okay watching another child be hungry while my child is full. It is going to take a community effort for us to have a different future. I shudder at the thought of having to leave my children in the world that we live in today. Because right now they're killing black boys and they're stealing, raping, and murdering black girls in the world we live today. And if the world is like that, when I leave the world, my children are are subjected to that possible outcome. The only way that I can do different is to be different, and that means I have to do it for them, and I also have to do it for those in their lives. See, we're too selfish, that's, and that's, that's the last point I want to make. We, we've gotten so selfish. I've heard so many people who have. I mean, they have a lot, and all they think about is themselves and theirs. That's it, like, because, and, 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 it, and I understand it, I'm not upset with them about it, but I understand it. And the reason why they're that way is because they have lived for so long. They have lived so long in a way where people just don't give a damn and they don't want to exhaust their giving out for nothing. It will stick if you try. I promise it will stick if you try. I have to tell myself that all the time. That is, I think, why I became a nurse. I wanted things to be different. When someone comes in dying, I want to do everything that I can do to try to keep it from happening. And every time it's not going to be life. Everything is not going to be changed, but you have got to offer an option for these children. When uh, Detective Chris Anderson asked me about doing this uh, show and told me that, you know, we needed to do something, we need to come up with a way to help our youth, I just didn't know what to even think about because they don't care. They don't feel anything. They're numb. What they do in their life, they seem, and they even say, don't nobody care. This this me. I don't give a F. They talk like that because they don't really believe that it is going to affect anybody else. So when they pull a trigger on you and take your TV, they're not thinking about the trigger actually, you know, ending a life. They think about the ease that it's made the pathway for them to get that TV. They're they're very, very immature in their thing. These are children. 
And unfortunately, the way our world is work, uh, made up and the way our legislation is made up, we don't care. I don't care. They arrested an eight-year-old here in Birmingham for killing their brother or sister. They eventually let that child off because the child had some other issues going on. But the truth is, is that a lot of the times people just don't, do not even guess or even know what's going on in someone's life. They don't even care sometimes. And, and and as long as you don't care and as long as you don't participate, then you'll be at a disadvantage of change. Change happens. Ch- change can happen and change will happen. And it happens individually to be globally. It, it does. And it sounds so cliche. I, I wanted to be upset and all of the people who had something crazy to say about the Wiz because it was something different, and, and, and particularly because it was an African-American film. I happen to be a part of that community. But educating people to the difference is one of the bigger the bigger things. Once you know better, you have to help other people who don't know. And, and, and I say that real casually. She don't know no better. He don't know no better. And when I do... I should, and we all should do this, we all should feel an obligation to give more and, 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 and give better. If you know something that's going to help out someone else, you're supposed to give that. That's the reason why we're here. People say, I don't know what my purpose is. Well, damn it, you're an engineer. I think you might need to be supposed to be telling somebody how to understand maybe chemistry or maybe helping out children with mathematics. When you become an expert in something, that's what you're supposed to do. It's not that it's not like an angel is going to come down and sit on your lap and tell you you're you're we put you on this earth so that you can do dot dot and dot. We know some of the things that we are experts in and we know some of the things that are a recycling in our lives like we are always in that particular realm of something. So that is your universe speaking to you. That is God. That is what you're supposed to grab onto and move into to make change. And change can only happen if you allow it. All of the things that I've gone through in my life should have killed me, should have made me different, but it did not. What it did is it provided me with the amplitude and the ability to help someone and recognize people who are in those same situations. I I know it. I can smell when someone needs something, and if I have it, it's absolutely theirs. That is a simple enough change. I mean, it doesn't have to be huge. It just has to be real. That's what I wanted to share with you on today. Again, coming up on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday are a barrett of shows that are about different changes, and hopefully you'll learn something that will help you in your life. Until next time, I'm the Empress, where the empire listens as the Empress speaks. Y'all have a good Saturday. Love you.
But if she never left, I would've never seen 